0: 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 58. 1 Corinthians 15 and 58. Brother Diaz, so good to see y'all back here. Amen. We love the Diazes. I know you already welcomed them, but we love these people, love their spirit. You're always welcome here. Amen. Hallelujah. And all the rest of you, some of y'all got on the list and you're really not a guest. Amen, but we're so glad you, thank you for giving, thank you for supporting the work of the Lord. This is your church, this is your church, and so all of, we do not take it for granted, we are being blessed, and uh, and, and it's because of you. Amen, and God on you. 1 Corinthians 15 and 58, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain, in the Lord, the title of my thought today is "Our Finest Hour." Our Finest Hour. I, I, I struggled and wrestled with this because, uh, you know, literally and physically, we're we're going through some things. Our nation is going through some things. Individually, we're going through things, but yet I, I couldn't get away from this this title and this thought and I I went back in history a little bit to World War II and I got my message right there, amen, but I'm gonna let you before I start reading, I think I'm gonna read most of this, amen, I'm gonna let you be seated, amen, God bless you, amen, our finest hour, how can you say that with my situation and my needs and my problems and seemingly lack of victory here. The year was 1940. Hitler began his assault on England. He chose to attack them from the air and bomb them into submission. This is gonna bring some things, older people around here, some things back to memory again. In a few weeks, this reign of terror from the skies had reduced several English cities to rubble, including much of the city of London. The whole world was tense. Now back in those days, that was before all the modern technology, and people would gather around the old radio. Amen, he, every family had one. Amen. The whole world was tense and a, with anxiety as reports came in every night or every day. Amen. would Brent would Britain fall? If so, would we be next? This is how serious and how powerful this was. Should the Americans enter the war? Roosevelt, president, he, he wavered on that. He had promised that he would not send American troops to fight in a European war, and he hesitated. History has not been kind to leaders who took a wait-and-see attitude. We know that. Hindsight reveals that Hitler came frighteningly close to overwhelming the United Kingdom. Without our help, England may well have fallen into the cruel hands of the Nazi regime. At a, at, at a very critical point, it came, it came down to one man to decide if, if Britain, amen, would surrender or be totally decimated by these bombs. That man was Winston Churchill and he chose neither course. He elected to summon the people to rise and meet the challenge head on. What a man, what a leader. His speeches on the radio are embedded in every Englishman's mind. The hope of victory and the fortitude to stand up against fearsome Nazism. Amen. Families huddled around their radios as Churchill spoke from the floor of the House of Commons on June 4, 1940. We shall go on I don't know about you. Amen. But this got a hold of me a couple of days ago as I began to read. I've read this before and probably most of you have too. Amen. But, but just how he's, words are powerful. Words are, have value to them. It, 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 words can change your life. Amen. Hallelujah. He said, He said, We shall go on to the end. We shall fight in France. We shall fight in the seas and oceans. We shall fight with growing confidence and growing strength in the air. We shall defend our island, whatever the cost may be. We shall fight on the beaches. We shall fight on the landing grounds. We shall fight in the fields and in the streets. We shall fight in the hills. We shall never surrender. On June 18th, Churchill broadcast this memorable statement. Hitler knows that he will have to break us in this island to lose or lose this war. If we stand up to him, all Europe may be free and the life of the world may move forward into broad sunlit uplands. But if we fail, then the world, including the United States, including all that we have known and cared for, will sink into the abyss of a new dark ages. Let let us brace ourselves, he said, to our duties and so bear ourselves that if the British Empire and its commonwealth lasts for a thousand years, men will say this was their finest hour. It was their finest hour not because everything was well. It was their finest hour not because everybody agreed with what he was saying, it, it, it was not their finest hour, amen, for a lot of reasons, amen. In fact, almost all reasons pointed to it being the absolute worst time of England. But it ended, amen, amen, just like he said. It was our finest hour, hallelujah. What? Listen, those powerful words motivated England to lift up their eyes from the ruins at their feet to view the possibility, that's, that's the key right here, not only of survival, but ultimate victory. They could somehow see it through the smoke. They could see it through the fog, through all of the trouble that blinded them, real, real things, real stuff, amen. But if victory was to be won, it would have to come through their collective wills. That's why we fight against, preach against, amen, disunity, that's why we preach against and fight against somebody being independent. Well, I'll just, no, 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 no. No, we've got to be together. We've got to collectively pull ourselves together, amen, and walk together and believe together, amen, and, and, and all the things, and listen, listen, we're gonna be caught up together is what the scripture tells us in when this thing is all over, amen. It seems to me that we have a perfect parallel here, with this true story of Great Britain in 1940, and what the Apostle Paul wrote to the believers in Corinth, it, it, it just—it's a perfect fit. He said, "We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair." listen—somebody's got to add that last part to each one of those statements. Somebody has to be bold enough, strong enough, have enough faith. Amen. Enough intestinal fortitude. You know what that is? That's guts. Now just speak it and say, we're not going down. We're not giving up. This family will make it. We'll do more than survive. We'll be victorious. We're coming out ahead in this thing. Somebody needs to say it. Hallelujah. Amen. Let me tell you, let me finish this. Yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Don't you let things get to you. You have a choice. I, I, I'm not trying to sweep anything under the rug. I'm not trying to pretend or act like you're not going through it. It's, I, listen, I'm with you in this. I have my share of dis, disappointments. My, my grandkids supposed to be here this morning, and they're not here. That hits me right in the gut. I don't know if that may not be a big deal to you. It's a huge deal to me. Listen, this is a heaven or hell issue. Whether you come to church or not, that determines whether you're going to heaven or not. I don't know if you realize it or not. Amen. You just lay out, miss, hold back. No, No, oh, God's good. Listen, we need to see the other side of that. He is good. He is faithful, and he is wonderful, and 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 great. All of those things are good. But he has another side. You know what? He is called the Lion of the tribe of Judah, you ever just—you don't pet a lion, you don't mess around with a lion, why? Because he will kill you, he is the lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world but he is the lion of the tribe of Judah, that's the other side of God that will go by what he has written and he cannot lie, amen. We're not forsaken even though we're persecuted. Cast down but not destroyed. I'm saying it today. Listen, let me tell you what we gotta get here, folks. Built into this great church of the living God is the assurance of permanence. Did you get that? I want you to highlight that in your brain. Oh, the church is going through it. Listen, the church always has gone through it. It's never been handed to the true church, amen, on a silver platter. Amen. It's fought all the way. It's struggled all the way. Amen. And it it will continue to fight. Jesus said, you'll be hated of all men for my name's sake. As long as we stand for that name that's above every name, there's gonna be people who don't like you. And the devil's gonna come against you. And let me tell you why. Let me tell you why the enemy's gonna come against you because he knows that is where the power is. That's where the authority is. When we pray, amen, we don't pray of our own, you know, of our own power. Amen. That's why we say in the name of Jesus Christ, that name that's above every name. That's why the enemy fights it so much. Amen. But let me tell you, I said it is, there is a assurance, this assurance of permanence, but it's going to last, folks. That's why that we say get in the church. Now the church, let me qualify this, the church is made up with people and that's where the rub comes in. The church is made up of human beings even though God's perfect and wonderful and great, human beings are not perfect and wonderful and great. Amen. So we have to deal with the humanity, amen. But that doesn't stop it from being the church. It doesn't change anything, amen. This church is guaranteed to last, amen. It will hold up. It will withstand the storms. I find myself singing that song. I can't sing it, amen, too good. But it says, the anchor holds, though the ship is battered. The anchor holds, though the sails are torn. I have fallen on my knees in the face of the raging seas, but the anchor holds in spite of the storm. The storm is raging, trouble won't stop. Amen, it seems like when it rains, it pours. Amen, but that doesn't change anything about the church. Hallelujah, the church stands. The church keeps on. Matthew 16 and 18, Jesus said to Peter and the rest of us, upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Amen, that's a promise for us. Listen, there have been times when the outlook was bleak. I understand that. Not much chance of survival. I mean, it looks like things are going under. Odds are against us. I mean, we're on the ropes. You know all the cliches here. Amen. Then there is a ray of hope, a slight chance that we can survive. And it comes from preaching. (laughs) It comes from teaching. It comes from somebody saying something. Look at the scripture. Throughout the scripture, listen, every place you look, you see God's people in a hopeless situation here. Amen, amen. Let, let, let me remind us one more time. There's always a way, amen. We're we just not able to see it <laughs> he, because he said he would make a way where there, he didn't say he'd make a way where there was no way. He said he'll He said he'll make a way where there seems to be no way. So to me, that means that there's always a way. We, we, we just don't see it, all right? Hallelujah, Praise God. God will call somebody in the middle of the storm, in the middle of the situation, in the pain, he will call somebody, I think it's called anointing, to remember his promise. He'll raise up somebody to speak a word of faith. Somebody will rise up somewhere out of the rubble and speak a word of truth. Anybody hearing me? Amen. In what you're going through, and what the you're being bombarded with. Anybody hear what I'm saying? Amen. God called, if you look the scripture, I'll just take one or two instances, but one that just pops in my mind. Amen. He called a boy with a slingshot to take out Goliath. Did you hear me? He took something slight, something little, something that normally you would, no, no, we, we need some, No, 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 he was just a boy, and his weapon was a slingshot. Hallelujah, amen. David certainly had the right question when he got there and saw who was holding up, amen, and holding pretty much captive or at bay uh, the whole army of Israel here his question simply was this who is this uncircumcised Philistine that defies the army of the living God you know what i've been in situations i was so bad i didn't even know the questions to ask let me let me get the question right and then i can get the answer but that was a wonderful question here who is this uncircumcised. What what does that mean? Circumcision in the Old Testament under the law, amen, was a sign of Israel's covenant with God. He was pointing out that Goliath did not have a covenant with God. Who, Who is this heathen that does not have, of all things, amen. It was, a, it was a pretty sarcastic question is what he did here. Like, come on, folks. This guy doesn't have a covenant relationship with God, the ruler, amen, amen, that sits in heaven. Heaven is his throne and the earth is his footstool, amen. He's in control of everything. We have a covenant with him. Oh, by the way, when you were baptized in water, if somebody said the name of the Lord Jesus Christ over you, that is the sign of your covenant with God in the New Testament. Read that, amen. It's no wonder the devil propagates his false message is you don't have to be baptized or you don't have to worry about water. It's just something. No wonder he does that. He wants to take away or keep you from getting a, or having a covenant with God. Let me just read that to you. Amen. Genesis 17 and 14, this is the time way, way back, Book of Beginnings, where God moved and, and, and made the covenant set up with, with Abraham. Amen. But the 14th verse, you need to read that whole passage there. Amen. It, it tells us that the person that does not keep this token covenant of circumcision shall be cut off from his people. Sounds serious. <clears throat> Isn't that amazing how people just play that down? So if you've never been baptized in water like they did in the book of Acts and in the New Testament, the reason for that is it's based way back here in Genesis. All right? Let me show you. Colossians 2 and 11, if you want to move to the New Testament, just squeeze that in right here. All right? Somebody's about ready to get up and fight. Somebody's about ready to stand up. Amen. And be a church heal. Take on his spirit and attitude. We're gonna fight in the fields. We'll fight in the streets. We'll fight on the runways, amen. We'll fight in the hill. We will never stop fighting. It's no time to give up. It's no time to throw in the towel. That's what I'm getting at here, amen. But Colossians 2 and 11, in whom also ye are circumcised. Wait a minute, no. We're in the New Testament now. We don't circumcise anymore. No, we don't do that. Old te- that's right, that's right. But keep reading here. We are, ye are circumcised with the circumcision made without hands, how do you do that? In putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ, verse 12. Amen, remember, and I've been bringing this out lately. Remember, this was just one letter that didn't have verses. There was no doing, it was just one story, all right, in the original, amen. How do you do that? Verse 12, buried with him in baptism. It goes on to say, wherein are, are you rise to walk in newness of life, you know, through the operation. In other words, in other words, when we are obedient, to the New Testament plan of salvation, amen. It's a continuation of the covenant of circumcision, amen, that makes us, amen, have a covenant or makes that covenant between us and God, hallelujah, but it's done without hands. It When you go in the water, nothing in the water, just plain water out of the well, amen, just a plain old person, a human being putting you down But there's nothing plain and ordinary about the name that's being called over you in that water. Amen. And your obedience to that. Amen. There is a circumcision that takes place in your spirit and in your heart according to the word of the Lord, which creates that covenant. So that's our New Testament covenant. Amen. We don't want to be cut off from our people. That's what it said in the Old Testament, just a continuation here. Hallelujah. Amen. In the worst of times and in the best of times. Amen. That's what we call our finest hour. Some of you have been here long enough. You've seen me at my best and you've seen me at my worst. You know who I am. And you know what? I'm so thankful for that. I said it today in the the Sunday school class. We don't need people to praise us and stand beside us and hold our hands up if if we do everything right if we choose all the right decisions and make it no no I, I'm with you on this listen we need we need people to stand with us when we mess up we need people to be our be our friend amen when when we don't knock the ball out of the park so to speak when we're preaching Man, I've heard him do better, you know. He did pretty good. But I've heard, you know, wasn't that, you know, well, that's when I need you to stand with me. That's when I'm gonna stand with you. Hallelujah. When you're down, amen, when church is not very important anymore, when, when the doctrine is like, like, well, it's kind of foggy. Well, I don't know if I, let me tell you what your human nature will do. It will justify anything and everything you wanna do but the word of the Lord is gonna straighten that out. And, and the only thing better than the word of the Lord, the written word of the Lord, is the preached word. And so somebody standing up saying, hey, wait a minute. Listen, you don't know you're obedient or disobedient until you have a chance to be disobedient. Oh, I'm obedient. Yeah, as long as I'm telling you everything you wanna hear. The test is when I tell you, no, don't do that. No, you can't do that. That's when the test comes. Everybody has the, that's why the, that's why the, the, the garden, the tree was, that was put in the garden that you know Adam and Eve don't mess with that tree. There always has to be the opportunity to do wrong because you don't know unless there's an opportunity. What would you do? Well, I don't know. I've never had the opportunity. No, no, you're gonna have an opportunity to do wrong. You will be severely tested in these things whether you're gonna be faithful or loyal. Otherwise, you don't know if you are faithful or loyal. But when the test comes, oh, and it will come. But you know what? I've made my mind up. I've already decided what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna be in the house of God. I'm gonna stick with my preacher. I'm gonna hang with my leaders. Amen. I'm gonna be on your side. We're gonna do this. Amen. And if it gets done, we'll do it together. I, I got to finish this. I, I got a little late start, but I got y'all just have to stick with me. I'm not trying not to go too much longer, but I need, I need to, to finish this right here. Hallelujah. Paul and Silas were arrested. Y'all know the story here. Thrown in prison. Their backs were bloody. Amen. From the beating that they had received. Their feet, by the way, were in stocks. Amen. They were shackled in there. Listen, folks, they were finished. Amen. Their, their preaching days were over. I mean, it was it was a bad day for these two Pentecostal preachers. Hallelujah! This was a bad day. I mean, you know it was bad. Now allow me to point out just why all this bad stuff was happening to these two good men. Acts 16, 25. Now I'm gonna, gonna kind of go backwards here, Amen. But it, but but I've missed this. I've missed this over the years. Acts sixteen twenty five. And at midnight. And say we're in jail now. They had bloody backs, and they weren't—they weren't thrown in jail for stealing. They didn't rob the bank and get caught. And, no, no, they didn't do that. They didn't—they didn't get arrested and thrown in there for dealing drugs or disturbing the peace. They got thrown in jail for preaching the gospel, right. preaching the truth, telling folks about Jesus. And here they were in prison, amen, it looked like it was all over, amen. And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed. Let's pray about this thing. Let's talk to God about it. Man, we got we got big things ahead of us. The devil's not done yet with us. We got through this test, I'm glad you did. I hate to pop your bubble, amen, but you'll have another test. That's what they said about the promised land. Hey, hey when you get in there, there'll be giants there. There'll be cities, but they'll have walls. I'm going to give them to you, but they got walls. You got to tear the wall down and get across that wall. He said, and it's a land of hills and valleys. You ever, you ever be, you know, up and down? You know, you're like, well, we're on a good day. Today is a good day. And tomorrow, I don't know how it's going to be, but I'm going to decide now. I'm not going to wait till I get in that valley and in that situation decide whether I'm going to be with these men or not. I, I, I'm not going to wait till I get down in there. Amen, to decide whether I'm going to preach the truth or not and be true and honest with you and be with you. That like, would be like me if some of you got locked up for something, anything. You got locked up and I just refused to come see you. No, I'm coming to see you. If they'll let me, I mean, in the Carroll County, I almost have to break in there. They act like I'm trying to break people out or something. You know, I mean, no, I just want to go in. You know, I thought, you know what? I've been here for all these years. You can't hardly break it. Act like I'm a criminal. No, sir, I'm sorry. You got to teach through, you got to go through that glass and that little phone. I hate that thing. But I, listen, it, I'm not trying to pastor you because you're perfect and wonderful. I'm pastoring you, and I feel like God brought you here because you have situations and needs. And I've gone through many, many years of valleys and struggles and battles of my own, and seen a lot. Somebody told me one time. They said, "Pastor, I got this to tell you. You need to sit down. Maybe you may need to sit down." I said, "No, you just go ahead and tell me. I promise you, I've heard it. You do this fifteen or twenty or thirty or forty years, and after a while, it ain't nothing you ain't heard. Maybe there's a, maybe there's some things." <laughs> Just go ahead and tell me that I, I don't believe I'll fall down. And so when you have struggles, I'm with you in that struggle. I'm helping you. Brother Bernie, I'm in that hospital. I told him a while ago, I said, Brother Bernie, I, did, you know, I gave you less attention in so many words. Again, I never came to see you, but I was with you. I mean, I, and, I, and, and, and I said, you knew if you needed me, you just call me and I would be right there. I'd quit whatever I was doing, nothing more important than folks who were in need. But I know sometimes people just want to be left alone when they're sick. That's how you do it. So when I mess up, you're going to go the other way and run and change churches? I'm not planning on it. I'm not giving myself a loophole. I'm just saying I'm simply a human being. I may make wrong decisions, bad choices. That's just how this thing's works. But some in our mind, we're just looking for that famous, wonderful man who never makes a mistake and always preaches wonderful messages and I feel so good and wonderful when I leave there. That's not what this is about. We are in a, we're in a war, folks. And here's the truth about the war. We're gonna lose a few battles, but we're not gonna lose the war. You're gonna come out short on some things. It's not gonna turn out like you like it. Hallelujah, amen. I need, I need to finish. I keep going sidetracked here, amen. But at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God. Now, here's the key right here. Here's the catcher right here. That last little part of that chapter right there. And the prisoners heard them. All right. Just let that soak in. Hallelujah. Now, that's my whole point. This was their fi- hey, how could this be their finest hour? There were here's why it was. They took the beatings. Had their, you know, their their feet stuck in those shackles. Amen. And they went through all of that for this one reason. This is what we can't see. God sees the bigger picture. They were there were people in that prison that had been there a long time. They had given up on God, ever answering their prayers. Then these two apostolic preachers were falsely accused. Well, they probably wasn't they just They didn't like them preaching. And threw them in the same prison. Well, these other guys that were there for doing all kind of stuff. But they prayed and they praised. Hallelujah. And the prisoners heard them. Hallelujah, oh, hallelujah. These people in the prison felt like they had been forgotten. You remember Paul made the statement? He said, no man cared for my soul. The enemy will put you in a place and separate you out. Hallelujah, Brother, Brother Diaz, I see all kind of problems with our organization. You have to be a dummy not to. And I go places, and I've been with people. Haven't been. It's been a while. But people sit down and they eat UPC for lunch, dinner, supper, breakfast. It's all about what's wrong with you. Don't need to hang around that too much. (laughs) I listen to some of that, you know, and agree. Like, oh yeah, you know, we could fix that, and we could change. That that's not the road we want to be on. Oh, but I like to talk about the good that's taking place in our organization, in our movement, the missionaries we support, home and foreign, the people we bless and the people we have. Listen, we had a guy that got disgruntled one time, things wasn't going his way and he got that negative look on that and then all of all of the UPC preachers were judgmental and hateful and and domineering and domineering, you know, the whole. I said, you know what? I looked at him and I said, you know what, I don't know who you fellowship with I said, but the men that I fellowship with and preach for and they preach for me, I said, they're good men. They're tenderhearted. They love God. They love souls. They bend over backwards. They go the second mile to help and bless. And I said, I, I, said, I know we've got nodheads heads in our movement, but I'm not focusing on all those people. I'm finding me some good folks who love God and preach the message and do it with love and do it with authority and, and good things are happening. God honors that. Hallelujah! Oh, but I can imagine these guys are in prison. Amen. Listen, listen. When you decide to give praise to God in the mall or in the in the grocery store, or when you're having lunch somewhere, listen. There's prisoners all around you. They've been in prison a long time. They're scared to. Oh, you don't do. It. Yeah. Listen. Let me tell you. This is a, the last time I checked. This is a free country. I can say praise the Lord. Listen, the world can cuss. I'm online. I'm checking political stuff and listening to the news. Last night, my wife had her little iPad and, had mine, and there's this guy. Some stuff I wanted to hear. The title, and he just started. I mean, he was just a news guy, and he just started using ugly words. And I went. I said I was interested in what he wanted to say, but I said I don't, I'm not listening to that trash. But they, I guess they think everybody wants to hear that kind of junk. The F word and everything else. I know that probably shocked y'all, but that's what that's what he was you. I'm like, you know, I couldn't push the button quick enough. So they do all of that and then they don't want us to pray? Excuse me. You can curse and swear and do everything. And people from the very top office in this country, they lie and cheat and steal, amen, almost every day of their life, and they don't want me to pray, excuse me. I feel a Churchill spirit coming on. Listen, we're gonna fight in the fields. We're gonna fight on the ash strips. Amen, we're gonna stand up to this. We don't have to do that. I'm gonna pray. Why? Because there's prisoners that are listening to us. Let's all stand together. I said it I said it before, I'm gonna say it again. You know, I'm very uncomfortable with Trump. I'm uncomfortable with him, but he's done a couple of things that I really did like. This political correctness that's killing this country and destroying us. This is the whole, everybody changes for one goofus that gets offended. And normally there's some foreigner somewhere that's trying to blow us up. Oh, we got to change this because somebody might be offended. I remember he said something like the many times that he did that, you know, that this, this wasn't politically correct. And this little egg headed news guy, oh, are you going to apologize for that? And I never will forget his answer. He said, nope. But see, he's learned something that some of us hadn't got. We're scared. Oh, wow, we can't do that. Let me tell y'all something, kids. You can pray in school if you want to. You can't organize it, but anytime you want to pray, because they're cussing all around you. Y'all probably know words. Some of y'all are out of school already. Y'all know words that I bad words I never heard. I was like, what? And I know some pretty bad ones. My grandpa taught me. <laughs> but so you can just say, "Oh, hallelujah, Jesus! What a good day today!" What a good day for me to lay my hand on somebody that God anointed already. And you can't fight that because you can't see it coming. Hallelujah. If you can curse and swear and, and do all the, yes, I can. Yes, I can. You gonna probably, nope. Come on, church. Let's be the church. Let's be bold. Let's be brave. Let's get a Churchill spirit. We're gonna fight. We're not gonna get, we're never gonna stop fighting. We're gonna fight till the trumpet sounds. Now you now you can't you can't have an ugly spirit. You can't be you can't be, you know, mean spirited. I'm not I'm not preaching that. I'm talking about fighting for what's good and what's right. Amen. But he, here's the story. You know this. Amen. All those prisoners heard them. let, let me tell you. The the prisoners, they're I mean, they captive audience. There's some folks they don't want to hear this. I understand that. But there's some folks that's been battling and struggling and not knowing which way to turn for years. They're a prisoner to our society. They're a prisoner in this world. Amen. People do things because they're pressured. Young people start cussing and start smoking and start doing all kind of stuff because that's what people do. Somebody said, so-and-so, they drink. I said, that's what people do in the world. But you don't have to do that. My, hey, Sister Debbie and I, we have discussions. Some her family's like mine, love alcohol. I'm kind of like my older brother. They was a bunch of drunks sitting around, like discussing what they liked about alcohol. Well, I don't particularly care about the taste of it. I like the buzz. That's why I drink. One guy said, "Well, I don't care about the buzz too much, but I just, you know, I just like the flavor." Of you know, they we went on with that discussion. And my older brother, like he does, he's kind of like my dad. He'd sit there while, you know, and, he, and finally they, they had that. Well, what do you think about it? What, 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 what about alcohol? He said, I like everything about it. <laughs> that runs in my family. <laughs> that runs in my family. Well, let me tell you what. I, I'm not saying you're going to be lost for drinking. I'm, I'm, I'm not picking on you here, but I'm saying I probably would. And I, you know what else? I, said? I don't want to lose my witness. Some of y'all probably talked me into thinking it's all right. Some of y'all probably, said, oh, are you gonna Jesus turned the water into wine. Y'all know, I know all the scriptures, pet scriptures. I know the one's all we use. But the moment that I took a drink with you, your confidence level in your pastor would probably hit the floor. And that's why I don't, I'm not gonna do it. I love you, but you can drink and I'll just drink a Coke or water is what I drink now. Hallelujah. I got a reason for doing what I do. Hey, I'm gonna do it for Jesus. I want to keep my witness. Hallelujah! I, I, I think I'm feeling this right. I think I feel a Churchill spirit. Amen. It's just a English Englishman spirit here. You know what? And we did the we did the DNA test. I'm trying to close. I've been taught all of my life I was part of American Indian, all of my life, and French and some English. You know. We did the we did the Saliva thing. Send it off. We will not know where we're going. I was just like the guy on the commercial. It was like, whoa, nothing I thought was in there is there. <laughs> Hallelujah! It all it ain't a, there's not a speck of American Indian in there. What? <laughs> I got it in my wallet right here. It's man, it it blow you away, man, or did me like ah? Oh, no, there ain't no way, no. <laughs> hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Well, praise God. I, that meant nothing. That had nothing to do with my sermon. <laughs> Y'all ready to go out and flex your spirit? You don't give up? Understand something. We've confessed it already. I'm not perfect. Nobody in this church is perfect, but we serve a perfect God. And we all love him. And so we're trying. Hallelujah, y'all got a song. Hallelujah, I feel like we ought to end this, amen, with a little bit of praise, a little bit worship here. Come on, join with us, put your hands together. Get Jesus in your life. Nobody but you, Lord, nobody but you. Well, nobody but you, Lord, nobody but you. Well, when I was in trouble, you came to my rescue. Oh, nobody but you, Lord. Nobody but you. I I gotta give you this last. You already know this scripture here. You know how it ended. Amen. But this last part, when they began to pray and worship and give praises to the Lord and the prisoners heard them, verse 26 said, and suddenly, some of y'all need something here. Amen. Don't, don't drink it, draw it all out and maybe it's going, no, no. And suddenly, there was a great earthquake and so that the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors were, anybody ready for some open doors around here? Amen. And everybody's bands were loosed. That's what God can do, my friend, when we give praise and give worship. This is why that we're not gonna be dead. This is why that we're gonna like, throw a song book if we had one, if we have to turn the pulpit over, amen, to get somebody woke up, amen. We got to praise. It's not, a, it's not a choice. We just got to do it, amen, because there are people who are bound that need to hear us, amen. And so, amen, the doors came open, the shackles fell off, the foundation, amen, the very reason that we're bound, the thing, the strongest, toughest part Amen. It would all broke up and shook loose. Amen. And it all started with two people that were in trouble. Amen. It didn't look like the finest hour, but that's what it became because God was getting somewhere and he was taking us in a way or in a route that just didn't make sense to us. Some of you are there right now, but if you'd learned how to praise in that situation, just praise him anyhow. Now to do that, you have to do just like we've been saying, you have to determine to do that. Don't wait on a feeling. Don't wait on somebody else next to you. Don't wait on the preacher to preach and get on your candy stick. No, no, no. This is what I'm gonna do. I was created. That's what the angels are created for. But they messed up. A lot of them did. Now God moved that right to us. That's our duty, our job, to give praise to him. And so Paul and Silas knew that. That's what they did, and look what happened. Amen, amen. The jail broke, oh, it was a jail break. Hallelujah. Amen, amen. It's almost like they broke in where the others could break out. Hallelujah. God said, I'm gonna just put you in here right in the middle of all this trouble, and I'm gonna do something If you'll praise me. Hallelujah. If you'll worship me, and that's what they did. Amen. Let's do it one more time. I'm gonna let you out of here. Amen. Nobody but Jesus. He's all you need. Nobody Nobody but you, Lord. Nobody but you. Well, nobody but you, Lord. Nobody but you. Oh, when I was in trouble. You came to my rescue. Oh Nobody Nobody but but you, Lord. Amen. Nobody but you. God bless you. Shake hands. Be friendly. You're dismissed in Jesus' name. Nobody but you. Yeah, nobody nobody but you, Lord.